Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 347 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. And today, it is just two of us. Kyle, the two of us. <laughs> building castles in the sky. Kyle Bracky and I. Um, to bring you some, some FRL goodness on this fine Thursday. Um, while you were sleeping, some of you. Some of you were watching. Some of you were sleeping. Uh, Regan was going down, mm-hmm. for real, on Flow. And kind of a mixed bag for, for Team United States of America. We had, well, first of all, the classic. This is, I think, in international wrestling law that anytime we send people to another continent, they have to actually wrestle each other in round one. There's at least it, one match. There's up. at least one. Yeah. They seem to all, actually, now that you mention it, I'd have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure this has happened to Joe Cologne on, on multiple occasions. But we had the classic Joe Cologne, Corey Clark, first round match. 13-hour uh, different time zone, but they're going to wrestle each other. Uh, Cologne texts him. It's kind of funny. They went to college in the same state, and then they just go 13-hour time zones away. Yeah. Feels like we could have squared. Yeah. We could have figured this out somewhere else. Yeah. But, um, so then Cologne lost the next round to Grigoriev. Gilman beats the Cuban. Then he loses 12-6 to uh, Magomedov. So, um, and then Dave Bave beats uh, beats green so that's uh that's team usa we've got and on the on the ladies side anthony uh, and forrest Monary um both, both made, made the semis. semis and then fell there so they'll wrestle for bronze and gilman is back in the repetage and he's got to win a match okay and what about green he's out green's out because Damn. dave babe lost um certainly his name is not pronounced dave babe but that is <laughs> That's what we like to say. We like to say Dave Bay. I think Spay started it. Yeah, that, that's a Spay creation. Uh, so we just go with it to indulge him. And then today it's um, Zane and Ringer. And really, Zane is, to me, the the athlete I'm most excited to watch. You're reading just because it's been a while um, since we've seen him. You know, he wrestled at the AWL one time. But really, other than that, we haven't seen him wrestle freestyle much at all. And, you know, this is going to be down at 65. The AWL weigh-ins were apparently plus several kilos day before or, or way before the, the match happened. So down at 65, this is scratched. Yeah. Two days. That's going to be – that. I mean, that's going to be a challenge. I mean, for a lot of these guys. But I'm just curious to see how, how he's done. The last time we saw Zane take an extended period of time off, he came back and was a was – a, Absolute monster and tortured college wrestling for three years. Now, that's a different thing, but uh, really excited to watch him. And his, the field is really good that he's going to be competing. It's going to have Chikayev in there and uh, Rashidov potentially. So, really, he's going to have his work cut out for him, but we're going to get a good sense of, of where he is. His 65 is really, um, I mean, the 2019 is going to be so sick for USA Freestyle because we're going to have all these guys back in the mix. But when you think about it, we're going to have Zane, 
J.O.'s back. Molinero is coming down to 65 kilograms. Um, Yanni McKenna. Logan Stieber. Like, Logan Stieber's like the sixth guy I named. He's a world <laughs> champion, right? Um, so I think it's I think it's going to be really, really exciting. Uh, we forgot to mention Cham- Chamberlain's back in. Oh, yeah. Because um, one of them, Gazi Magomedovs, beat Dave Bave 2-2. So that pulled Chambo back in because Chambo had lost to him. So I missed that one. But yeah. Got it. So Chambo's still alive too. Okay, good for Chambo. So still some hope for some medal there at 70 kilograms. And I'll start again at 11 tonight Eastern. Okay. Hey, quick plug while I'm remembering as we're transitioning to another topic. You can listen to Flow Wrestling Radio Live on iTunes, mm-hmm. on Stitcher, on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter live, and also on the site. And then we archive it. Uh, on the site itself, and we upload the the video of the show. So there's so many ways to watch. Please feel free to consume it. Tell your friends, um, and give us that that glorious five star rating. Or if you don't like it, please don't say anything. Because if you can't say something nice, don't <laughs> rate our um, podcast. Okay. So the big news is Gavin Teasdale has entered the portal. He is no longer at Penn State. He is, his name is now in the transfer portal. He's going to look um, to where he's going to transfer. And Bracky would like to educate you about what the portal is. Yeah, so when we, Nomad put it out there that he'd like officially entered the portal after Kale confirmed that he was leaving. Um, but the portal, it became a thing last summer. Uh, it's essentially a way for schools to be able to see all the guys that uh, want to transfer. And as soon as they enter the portal, you can contact them. Mm. And entering the portal does not mean that you're leaving the school, although Gavin is definitely leaving Penn State. Yes. But you can enter the portal and stay at school. But once you enter the portal, uh, the school can mess with your financial aid. They can cut it. They can take it away completely. Um, It's just like a way to give you um, the opportunity to talk to coaches and figure out what um, opportunities you may have if you leave. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, as far as I know, you can only schools have access to it, but you can like filter it by sport and division. And I think that's about it. But, um, so just something to keep an eye on as we get ready to head into the off season, because we're definitely going to have more guys enter, uh, into the portal this off season. So when you hear us say they've entered the portal, that's kind of what it means. And it means they can start talking to other schools and right. coaches so they're potentially interested in transferring yes it's kind of like back in the day maybe changing your your relationship status on facebook yeah yeah maybe you know from committed relationship to it's complicated or maybe you're just single on the market completely with gavin teasdale it's um man i, th- I think it's too bad uh in general because i think you, you, something like this doesn't happen without some bad things going down right without getting into the particulars um Penn State wanted to make this work. I think Gavin wanted to make it work, and it didn't work for whatever reason. And um, I think that's a shame. And but, but another thing I was thinking about in this whole situation was, remember like a year and a half ago, we were like, Penn State, and this was before Teske committed, like Penn State is all over Teske. Like they, they really want this guy. It's like mm-hmm. – and we were like, man, I don't know, really understand. Like, they were aggressively pursuing. They they made Brody Teske a priority when, on the outside looking in, he was a, a luxury, it seemed. 
But to me, now looking back, and even at the time, you're like, well, maybe there's something here. And they wanted, uh, I don't want to refer to Brody as like a security blanket, or, but they wanted options, right, at 125 pounds. Between the, the question was, can Gavin make 125 also? But maybe, you know, with this other stuff, Gavin not making it at Penn State shows, you know, pretty solid foresight to me from the Penn State coaching staff saying, hey, we need to get this guy because, you know, who knows what can happen. And I know that a lot of that is kind of almost like Soriano. They were they were so – they were just kind of left in, completely empty-handed when, when Soriano left. And I think Kale and the staff were like, never again. We're not going to get caught in a situation where we're just counting and we're solely dependent on one guy. And so now they have Teske. And, you know, not that he's set the world on fire, but um, – they don't need him this year, first right. of all, and he's going to have another you know year and change to develop, and uh, you know they, they should be having a solid option at 125 moving forward with with Brody health as long as he remains healthy. Yeah, and um, I don't know what what way do you think Robbie Howard would be 33 probably. They um, it it kind of depends who you ask. I think you know he's a 26 as a junior. I think probably uh, I think he's a thirty-three. Yeah. Personally, I think he's going to continue to grow. He might not get much taller. I think he could maybe do twenty-five for a year or two if he wanted to. But you never. But um, I mean, looking at Teske at Scuffle, he doesn't. He he's not big. No, he was not big in anyone that he wrestled. In fact, he looked a little undersized. He's small. Um, so it looks like he should not have a problem being a career twenty-five. Right. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think he is twenty-five for the long haul. And, I think I think Howard at 33 is big because well one and also you I don't think someone like Robbie or really anyone you don't want him cutting an unnecessary amount of weight unless you absolutely have to if mm-hmm. there was like no one at 25 I think maybe Howard would would be able to do it but I think the plan is the getting Howard eventually allows RBY to move yep. up and um, Nick Lee potentially so I think I think it's a good fit there and it's funny how this this log jam that we literally did an article on with Busiello and Teasdale and who uh, Teske yeah. and RBY has just like worked its way out or worked itself out. Yeah, it worked itself out, but not in a way where they all came. No, right? no, 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 that's not what I meant. No, just I like, know that, but it's like, yeah, um, you know, now there's, there's not going to be the, the log jam, but it, it's actually the point we were trying to make. Like, how is this actually going to work? Right. It's like it, maybe it wasn't going to work and you can't, recruit this many guys now i don't think that's it with gavin i think it's no that completely had, separate right. but with buziello i feel like that is a, a big part of why he didn't end up going to penn state so the question is now with with gavin where's he gonna wind up and man i don't know does he stay closer to home he's from he went to jefferson morgan high school which is near west virginia but it's in mm-hmm. pennsylvania um it's actually where carrie colott went and so immediately, well, the one we've been talking about a lot with with Carrie is like, hey, maybe he ends up at at Campbell, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe that would be a good fit for him. Small town, um, you know. Coach Cole has done done a great job. He's got guys on the podium, and maybe a good fit for him. Would he go to Pitt? Would he go to a West Virginia? Would he go? I mean, I feel like, you know, some coaches hit me up, kind of asking like, hey, what do you think? Or you know, I know that every coach is at least thinking they're doing their homework to see is should we pursue him kind of thing so i feel like gavin's gonna have uh a lot of options and people will take a chance on him so it's gonna be 
you know, where does he want to go? And also, what weight does he want to go? I feel like probably he's a 33. I think he's a 25. If it's almost like with what we were saying with Howard, where he could go 25, but I don't. I they were they were trying to get him to make weight, and he right. did, he did not make weight at any point. Right? They were tried at the scuffle, and they tried later on, and he didn't make weight on on either occasion. So I I think with that and and knowing that. Penn State was probably on top of it. They're just on top of stuff, right? They don't let things kind of get out of control. The fact that they were kind of, you know, trying to help Gavin make the weight and he couldn't, that says to me this this kid's a 33, right? Totally agree. So him at 33 is interesting. Um, you know, obviously we think he's really talented, but there's a lot more to it for him to have that success at the Division One level. And I just hope he finds it, and I hope he finds the, the right fit is ultimately uh, – Ultimately, ultimately, my hope out of the situation because um, he's he's got a lot to give to the sport for sure, and it can it can certainly be, you know, you, you got an awesome opportunity in the sport too, right? I mean, you can get your education paid mm-hmm. for all all the things we already know, right? Okay, so that will be something we keep an eye on this summer for sure. Yeah, and I wonder how, you know, and that's an interesting thing is like how soon does a decision like this get made? Like how soon a decision can't can the decision be made, right? Um, yeah. I would assume this one, he's going to take his time. Yeah. I bet we don't see this made till sometime in the summer. And, you know, he st- should still have four years to compete, right? He didn't wrestle a match. Right. N- certainly not attached or anything. So he should be able to um, uh, transfer. I don't, you know, I know that this, the schools have a little less power in terms of blocking transfers and things like that in terms of schools. I don't know how much Penn State will flex on that at all. I know with Soriano it was definitely a thing, but it may not be that way with, with Gavin. So we'll see. We have a, a, a lot of great wrestling coming up this weekend. Really excited about this um, Ohio State-Michigan duel. And we haven't done we haven't done any sort of whiteboard war What's up? All year What's long. What's wrong with us? What is up? I mean, no one's bringing them up. In the, I, we do the content meetings. I'm not thinking about them. Bader's not like, hey, we'll do it. <laughs> and they're just not happening. So we'll do, we're going to do the, the Michigan-Ohio State whiteboard, whiteboard War, virtual whiteboard war, as we call them. Uh, we're going to do it right now. Let's and do it. This duel is tomorrow at 7 Eastern, 6 Central, 5 Mountain, 4 Pacific. <laughs> And who knows about Hawaii? And don't even get me to try Krasnoyarsk, Russia. Is this uh, one on like the Big Ten Network? Is this on TV? It's either that or it's not ESPN, is it? Um, it's, it's I'll the, look it up right now, just so you everybody knows. It's the BJC duel, uh, Bryce Jordan Center. So at Penn State, but not Rec Hall, where they have the insane advantage. But okay, it's on or sorry, BTN Rec Hall. Wait, on wait, wait. I'm I've, I'm going a week ahead. I'm already thinking about Penn State, Michigan. This is Michigan, Ohio State. In the shot. In the shot. Which okay. is the basketball arena. Which is the, the BJC of Ohio State. Yes. Which is basically what I meant. Yes. All right. So, right now, Willie has this, uh, or he put it in the in his article, as uh, Michigan is plus four for this duel. So, they're the underdogs. Now, we'll see how we agree or disagree. Also, we're not doing minutes. This is bad. Um Okay, I will start now. All right, we will start now. <laughs> um, sorry, I did not assign that. Okay. So, starting at 125 pounds, Drew Matten, number 13 Drew Matten, Michigan, versus Malik Heinzelman, Ohio State. 
Heinzelman had his redshirt pool. He beat Elijah Oliver, and then he lost his next match. Uh, he's been solid, not spectacular. Uh, so for this one... You go first. Yeah, I'll go first. We'll alternate the firsts. Okay. So for this one, I'm going to go with... Now, one thing that worries... Drew Matten has a pretty solid cut. Malik's going to be a little fresher, but I still think Matten's got a little more offense. I think he's got more experience, a little more physicality. And uh, for that reason, I'm going to take Drew Matten by decision over Malik Heinzelman. Uh, I will take Matten as well. Um, I think this is going to be close. Mm-hmm. Um, Matten's not one of the – doesn't have like – like Foley's pace is kind of what did him in or what did Heinzelman in. Like he was just in his face attacking the entire time and he majored him. And he, Matten's not, like, really good on top, like Spencer Lee or anything. So I'll just take Matten's decision here. Yeah. Foley is having quite a year. Yes. He's, he's looked excellent. I mean, really liked him last year. And remember when he uh, when he pushed he pushed NATO, like, gave NATO a pretty tough match. It was like, what's going on? He, uh, I think it was 1-0 against Darian Cruz at NCAAs, too, like, in the first round. Wow. I didn't remember that. So, I mean, I re- – and then – after that, like the Ohio State coaches, after like, no, Foley's really good. Like mm-hmm. we're we're there's like nothing wrong with NATO. It's just a really good kid. So it's cool seeing uh, Michigan State have a really tough guys. Their their uh, coach Chandler doing a nice job there, getting the Spartans going in the right direction. But we're not talking about the Spartans. It's Michigan Ohio State in 133 pounds, maybe the marquee match. Number one, Stevan Micic versus number five, Luke Pletcher. <coughs> Excuse me. So these two have wrestled. Pletcher did beat him at Vegas, um, but it's been all Michich since yeah. then, and not really particularly close. No, and I don't see this one being not. It's not going to be a blowout by any stretch, like a seven-three, yeah, something yeah. like that. Michich gets a couple takedowns, a few escapes for Pletcher. I'll take Michich decision here. I I agree with you, um, and I th- if, you know if Pletcher. You know, Pletcher was losing to Tariq Wilson at the time of that injury default. That was kind of one of his bigger tests. I feel like we haven't seen – I haven't seen Pletcher take a step up. At the, like, to, to pick Luke to beat Stefan, you would have to be able to say, well, I see market improvement in Pletcher this year. And really, I think year over year, he's pretty comparable. And I, you could say the same for Michich, who we really haven't seen compete against elite guys at this point this year. But – but Michich was a, a level ahead of him. So if they're both at the same level, Michich is, is still ahead. And um, I, I think it's great. I thought Michich looked really good against Thornton. Um, you know, he, he's one of those guys who has some variability in his performance. But when he's looking good, he's I mean, he's the number one guy in the country for a reason. He maybe should be the favorite at this weight. And uh, I, I think it's a pretty controlled 5-2 type of win for Stefan Michich. Yeah, we saw um – Fletcher get pushed by Totolo last time out too. Remember that one to tiebreakers. Oh, yeah, yeah. So not the the momentum is definitely on uh, Mitch's side. So right there, six zero Wolverines. Now here we go. Number five, Kanan Store versus number two, Joey McKenna. This looks like a tasty one on paper. I just just because of the rankings, but I think McKenna. I think there's a pretty substantial chasm between these two. Uh, and I don't think that Store has the there, – there are some guys that maybe can present problems to McKenna stylistically, 
but I don't think Store fits the mold there. I think he's going to have a hard time getting in on it, on McKenna's legs. I think McKenna's going to – he could potentially ride him. I think he'll probably get a takedown. I think this is maybe similar in nature to the Michich pletcher win. So I'm going to take uh, McKenna by a controlled three- to four-point decision here. Yeah, totally agree. I don't see Store getting enough um, to beat McKenna. Um, McKenna's super solid. solid. Going with him. I'm Man, I think by the end of the year I'm going to end up picking McKenna <laughs> to win NCAAs. I really am. Okay. Depends on how healthy Yanni is. Yeah. Right? Like, he didn't look great against Cornell and supposedly may have had some shoulder injury. Ooh. That's new. Where'd you hear that? On, lo- on the line. On the line? <laughs> well, then he didn't wrestle the next duel either. Did so. Wrestler Never Dies as a Cat fan post this? No, he didn't. He's MIA right now. Where is he? There's he- literally a thread on Hawkeye Report. Um, someone made a thread for Wrestling Never Dies as a Cats fan. Um, and was like, here, this is where you can post all of your crazy uh, predictions and theories and all that stuff. And then he hasn't posted. I don't know what's going on. And shout out to Hawkeye Report for kind of scooping us on a great idea. We should just yes. we should <laughs> just make um, his takes premium content and put them up on the site. But they beat us to it. Now it's theirs. But that's a great idea. They need to curate this man's takes. But he where'd should, he go? He should, like be having a field day with like Sebastian Rivera and Deke and having this success they yeah. are. This is the prophecy coming to fruition. And where are you? Uh, so please come back. All right. 149, Malika Mean versus Micah Jordan, number three in the country, unranked. Remember a year ago, uh, Amin gave Hayes the crazy match at NCAAs. I don't know if that means anything because I think Micah and Keyshawn couldn't be more different mm-hmm. from a stylistic standpoint. Uh, Micah has, I think, bonused him. He might have pinned him, actually, previously. Um, I'm going to say Micah by major decision here. I agree. Um, let's see. Yes. This is getting he, contentious, Kyle. He pinned him. They've only wrestled one time, and it was down at 141, and he pinned him at the Eastern Michigan Open. 141? In 2016. Jeez. Obama was president. This doesn't count. <laughs> well, you you said that you thought he'd wrestled him before, so I looked it up. I was right. Mm. Micah is going to shoot a million times, and he's going to score on a lot of them. You know what? I'm going decision. Oh. I'm downgrading okay. it. Okay. I'm downgrading you. You get the major. I say Amin preserves the point. Okay. Then we move on to this one where I'm sure something – well, this is interesting because you say Pantelio is 157. Number 11, Pantelio. Number 8, Keyshawn Hayes. But, like, does anyone think that Keyshawn's a favorite here? I didn't. But he's ranked higher right now because Pantelio's just had some, you know – Not good losses. Which he does – do that from time to time but I think still you think of the optimized version of each you think Pantelio but at the same time because it makes no sense for Pantelio to win or to lose here that's why I just like feel like Hayes is going to somehow win this match even though I think it's a horrible matchup so I'm not sure where I'm gonna pick I'm gonna let you go first oh, I'm taking Pantelio I I know you think it's a horrible matchup um it's a horrible it, matchup for Keyshawn I think though <laughs> so you think it's a horrible matchup for both guys? No, no, no. No, no, no. 
What I'm saying is, I think Hayes, I have this weird, just like a cosmic sense that Hayes is going to win, even though it makes no sense okay. in my mind that he would win. I think it's a bad matchup for Keyshawn. Okay, and I'm going to do the opposite of that and stick with <laughs> normal train of thought and that Alec Pantaleo is better at wrestling than Keyshawn Hayes. Dang it. And will beat Keyshawn Hayes, not by, I mean, unless he's wrestling one of the Penn State kids, like Keyshawn doesn't get blown out. So it's just going to be a decision. Mm. Man, I don't know. Is it time for Keyshawn Magic? People forget he took down Zane twice. He did in like thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. He was. He had him on the ropes. <laughs> if it for the you know what? if the match was thirty seconds, you know what? Long, he I'm, had him on the ropes. We're learning a lot about beach wrestling because we're going to be streaming beach wrestling. He would have. He would have beaten. Um, he would have beaten Zane in beach wrestling rules. I'm pretty sure. Because all you have to do is get the three you, points. Three I points. Think. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, so what are you doing? What am I doing? I'm going with my gut. Give me key by decision. All right. I'm not <laughs> saying you're going to be inspired. I'm just saying I think there's a chance it could happen, and I don't know why. I'm just saying it. Okay. okay. I need you to get get on board with it. Okay. 165, Logan Massa versus Caleb Romero. Romero has not been, um, no, maybe he's just been a normal freshman. Yes. Is what we can say. Cause he, but he has not been good at this point. Logan Massa is good. Now, is Logan Massa going to rip his leg off and his shoulder off and bow and arrow him to death? I don't know about that. Because Massa has not been. He has not been great himself. He has not been great himself. Therefore. I'm going to say Logan Massa winner by decision over four-time Ohio State champion Caleb Romero. Mm. This one's tough. Not it's because right, it's right. No, I think you're right. I think it could be a major. Yeah, not because I'm trying to decide who to pick. It's because how much? How much is Romero going to win by? No. Oh. <laughs> how much is Massa going to win by? Um, mm, I'm going to say decision. He wins by like seven. Seven. Romero holds him off at the end from getting the last takedown to push it over to a major. I see that. Okay. Miles Amin versus unranked Tishan Campbell, but very good Tishan Campbell for an unranked dude. Really love Amin here. I don't think this is a bonus opportunity for... Also, we could see Ethan Smith. You never know. They've just been like flip-flopping. I don't know who they should go with either. I don't either. I mean, I think Ethan... They should wrestle them both. They should do the Kassar Shakur thing. Yes. Enter them both. Yes. The NCAA rules are clear. Right. I don't know why more teams aren't yes. taking advantage of this. This would have solved that whole Clark Gilman thing <laughs> back in 2014. If they just they could have just wrestled them both. These guys, these coaches are not in the rule books enough. You really, it's a tough scene. Um, so maybe they both, and maybe could they send them both out for this match? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A two-on-one, two-on-one. That would be tough. That would be really tough. In that case, I would take um, the combination. Of Ohio I think State I'd guys. still take a mean. Wow. <laughs> a lot of confidence in Miles Amin. I'm going to take Amin as well. I'm going to take him by uh, a mere decision, however. This is trending the way of the Wolverine here. Yes. I agreed. Um, I think whether they wrestle Campbell or Smith, they keep it at a decision from uh, Amin. Okay. We should be totaling up the score as we go, but we're not. We're I've got mine. Okay. Let's well, keep track of mine. Oh, congrats, man. 
<laughs> I have uh, 15 to 7 Michigan right now. Okay, I'm not entirely sure who JT Carell is, but he's apparently going to wrestle Miles Martin. They well, have not been strong at 184 all year because what happened to Jelani Embry? Jelani? Jelani. He hasn't wrestled since like CKLV. Maybe one door right after, but where is he? I don't know. You know what? We should ask. Another right. APB. APB for Wrestler Never Dies as a Cat Fan yes. and Jelani Embry. Yes. We need to know that you're both safe. Is it now here this would be a, a quite a theory. Is Jelani Embry Wrestler Never Dies as a Cat Fan? <laughs> we can't rule it out. I we mean, cannot rule it out. I've never seen him in the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> I have Miles by a technical fall here. Same. Maybe even a fall. If he feels crazy. Uh, well, let's look up. What do we know about <laughs> JT Carell? Should we learn something about him? Um, <clears throat> is his name actually JT Carell on WrestleStat? All right, yes, it is. Yeah, that's because it's his name. Well, his name is probably like John Thomas or something. All right, he's getting pinned. <laughs> he's getting pinned. Put me down for a pin slay. I'll stick with the technical fall. Yeah, you're going to be wrong. Okay. He's, he's getting pinned. He got pinned by Cameron Caffey. Max Lyon beat him 10-4, and Emory Parker 15-4. He's 0-3. Okay. He only got pinned once, though, so. <laughs> <laughs> By the guy that Miles teched. So, shout out to Cameron Caffey for hitting a really nice super duck. I, how come we can't just, like, enjoy that super duck? Can we appreciate? Like, Miles, Miles. got kind of testy on Twitter about it. Well, he did. Now, here's the thing. If, if, if I beat someone 22-7... And the only highlight clip is me getting super ducked. Well, it was, no, like it was like Michigan State wrestling posted it, or yeah, like yeah, I know. Well, so of course they're gonna post it. It's a cool clip of well, their freshman doing something against a national champ. And he one hundred percent, but he one hundred percent should. I thought his clapback was really funny, just saying like twenty two to seven or whatever. That's hilarious. I don't no, think, no, I I don't think mm. he was being salty. I think he, he was, was being salty. No, you think? Why do that? Because it's it's hilarious. Because you're salty. No, because it's funny. It's funny. Come on. It's funny. Miles knows it's funny. He probably is like, I'm going to put this. He probably laughed. I'm, I'm sure, sure he did laugh. I'm sure Mr. Martin. Because he won by tech fall. So, of course, you're going to laugh. You have the last laugh at the end. Greg Martin almost always is listening live on Facebook. I don't, so I'm not, like, mad at you are Miles mad for at doing Mi it. Apologize to Miles Martin. It was a cool clip. Apologize to Greg no, I didn't. I didn't post it on Flow because of the final outcome. I was being respectful. Thank you for respecting Miles, but apologize <laughs> to him, Greg, any any Martins, even Mark Martin. The I, I apologize to Mark Martin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's that's big of you. We have a hundred comments on the show on Facebook. Yeah, people are giving their picks. We should be talking to these people more. You should just be like. I always do. I don't know what you're. You talk to them on there. I'm saying yeah. we should talk to them on here. That's that's true engagement. Man, these people know me. They know I'm out in the streets. I, but I'm saying I want to hear from them. I, I want to I want to interact with them here, and I just keep forgetting. I do sometimes. I bring them up sometimes. All right, well, bring them up more. Your mother's watching. That's good. She <laughs> usually does. <laughs> it's great to have support like that. Okay. That's how they know I'm alive. <laughs> Is Kyle alive? Yes. He's doing he's doing a radio show. Okay, 184. You got to put that. I have it as a fall there. You don't. Oh yeah, you changed it. My yes, bad. I did change it. Jackson Strigo versus Colin Moore. Feels like these two should have wrestled, but I don't think they have. Uh, <sighs> you got it. You looking it up? I'm looking it up right now. I, obviously, Colin Moore, big favorite here. 
Uh, it was a 13-6 decision last time around and a 15-6. So this is going to be right on that major yeah. uh, regular decision. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean Colin Major. He's looked good this season. Hmm. We haven't seen kind of the... They wrestled in 2016 at the Purple Raider Open. It's and not then Union. Re- then they wrestled... Yeah, they only wrestled... This was a long time ago. Um, hmm... What is the track record for Jax? I, I I have a feeling this is going to be a little closer. I think this is a decision for Colin Moore. I, right. do, I do not see I'll him. go major. Um, Jackson Strigo has not been bonus this year. Uh, he was majored once by Jacob Warner, interestingly. Hmm. But those he's only in like 50 matches he's been bonused one time. So for that reason... I'm going to say Jackson Strigo keeps this to a decision, which may be huge in this duel. I do not know the score. Um, we will find out soon. And then we have Mason Paris versus Chase Singletary, two blue chip heavyweights. So this is going to decide the duel for me. And I'm assuming because we have very similar picks. Except I have Keyshawn winning. Right. So right now I have Ohio State up 16-15 heading into this final match. Then, okay, I have I have Mason winning by decision here against Chase Singletary, even though Singletary beat him. Singletary beat him 15-9 to at the Ohio Intercollegiate He Open. said he just caught uh, – I talked with Coach Bormet about it. He said he just kept getting countered, like just all – Mason has looked um, – since they pulled his red shirt, obviously, when he smashed Desi, mm. has looked very good. Although the last two matches, Chase Beard and Jacob Avon um, were both decisions in, like, close matches. Um, so that's a little weird, but I'm going to go with Paris to get revenge here. And that means I have Michigan winning 18 to 16. Wow. Then I think, I think Michigan should be the favorite for this duel. I don't think they should be plus four. I think, I mean, the only reason I'm just being silly. I pick Keyshawn to win. I don't believe it, that it should happen. I just, you predict- said you had a feeling I just, it's, I'm literally just going with my gut. Which makes no sense. It's not aligned with anything. There's no information in my brain that says this should happen other than... Sometimes it's right, though. Sometimes it's right. Go with your gut. They always say that. I would Think how upset I would be if I just said all that and wimped out and picked Pantelio and then Keyshawn won. I wouldn't get to enjoy this moment. So uh, I've got Ohio State winning, but it's going to be close. It could come down to bonus points. Um, Greg Martin has weighed in also. Oh, Yes, Mr. Martin. He wasn't salty at all. He was smiling when it happened. See, he wasn't salty. No right. salt. I apologize. Apologize. Apologize to Greg, Miles, and Mark once I more. I apologize to everybody. To everyone. Everybody involved. All parties involved. <laughs> Even Cameron Caffey in the Michigan State No, Twitter. I don't apologize to them. You, but Why you, would I apologize to them? I don't know. You said everybody. No, I don't apologize to Michigan State. All right, they should apologize to Miles, honestly. They really should. For posting the clip. Miles should apologize for winning so badly. No. Okay, I guess that's, I don't know. I guess that's that's all in the game. Um, <laughs> Kyle, your mom says she's working on her NCAA picks. All right. This is great. The future. Uh, uh, Facebook's great. Facebook gets a lot of hate, uh, and deservedly so. But you know what? This is pretty great. We can. Uh, we have no. We so we. I know we hate on um, our Instagram commenters a lot, yes. and like you said, deservedly so. The group that um, watches every single morning on Facebook, there's like five or six reliable listeners always on. Um, name their names. Uh, Ryan Tierney, Brian Coder, uh, Michael Skrzynski. Sk- I know I'd butchered that Skrzynski. probably. He's always on. Rick Wasmer's on a lot. 
Um, I'm probably missing some people, but yeah. All Greg those Martin people. is a faithful listener because if you're Facebook friends, it shows up in green. Yeah. Uh, David McCutcheon also is frequently on. So, yeah, thank you to the faithful listeners. Uh, it is appreciated that you're you so dutifully tune in. So that's going to be a really awesome duel. I cannot wait. Yeah, that's been, a fun one. I've been waiting all day for Friday night, some would say. So that's a fun one. You've got the Wolverines. I've got the Buckeyes, but I secretly think that the Wolverines should be favored on paper. And it's not so much a secret because I'm saying it on a publicly listened to So are radio you show. going to go to Bet DSI and put money on the Michigan Wolverines? Uh, no, I don't think I will do that. But I would recommend that you should. I think that you all should. That would be my uh, – that's where I think the smart money is, Michigan plus four. Now, if you're – the last time Michigan beat them? It might have been a little bit because um, – Ohio State's been quite good for quite some time. Let's see it. I'll, you keep talking. Let's you see if I can figure like, I'll keep this train moving. Yeah. All right. So we haven't even talked hardly about. You know what we kind of let slide is that Nomad hopped off the Spencer Lee train um, completely and picked Sebastian Rivera to win NCAAs. I, we didn't give that enough, uh, enough play two days ago when, when he did that because he was Mr. – Spencer Lee's going to make the world team. He's going to do all this, Olympic champion. And now one Midlands loss, and he he has abandoned that train. And I don't think he's going to be allowed back on anytime soon. So I thought that was interesting that he did that. I don't think it's right. I still think the best version of Spencer Lee is going to beat Sebastian Rivera and anyone else at 125 pounds. So the the line for this one is Spencer Lee minus two over Sebastian Rivera. This duel is on Sunday, live on flowwrestling.org. 2 p.m. Central. 2 p.m. Central. That's nice. A lot of times we're at noon. I'm rushing getting back from, from church and getting the groceries put away and getting it on. It's a whole thing. So 2 o'clock, that's a nice little cushion for me. I can have a nice meal and uh, be ready to watch and take it in. Same for you guys. Um, so for this one, what do we I, – I think I think Spencer covers this. I think I got Spencer by more than two points. Mm. Man, I I really think Rivera can do it again. Oh, I do too. Um, like I I I'd not like the majority of wrestling fans, at least on social media, from what I've seen, that just like throw out that Midland result because no, that's no. what like everyone is doing. Um, uh, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Spencer, and if Spencer's gonna win this, he's gonna cover. Exactly right. Um. I don't know if you guys didn't check out Nomad's article breaking down Spencer's uh, point scoring. Yes, it's pretty incredible. We should bring that we'll, up because we'll pull it up. I'll pull it up right now. A couple of those um, matches where Spencer kind of uh, faded. Well, he didn't really fade in the Midlands match, but in their first match in the duel, he was up six zero like a minute and a half into the match, and then was shut out the remainder of the match. And Seabass scored the last five points. So we know he's a fast starter, but um, in first period, he's averaging 7.9 points per, per match. In the second, 2.3, and in the third, 1.3. Now, the third is a little misleading because he's rarely in it, right? Most of his matches have not made it to mm-hmm. the third period. But it is, I guess, notable that you need to be even or ahead after the first to beat Spencer. I, I think here's, – here's my prediction – Spencer comes out way more assertive, knows the importance of the early takedown, 
I think he gets it, and I think he gets a turn, and at that point, it's it's over. Now, R- Rivera is is now my question is here. So Rivera had a great game plan and executed, and he was able to get in, he was able to finish, and really prevent Spencer from getting to really any of his the positions where he's good. So my question is: Is the Spencer? If you're Sebastian, do you come out with an identical game plan? Do you come out and say, I'm going to do this same thing again? I'm going to be from space like a, like a Delgado, and I'm going to dart in and get my finishes? Or are you like, okay, do you start thinking if you're Coach Brewer and Coach Storniello, like, all right, what is going to be the adjustment from Spencer, and I need to adjust to the potential adjustment? Like, what would I do? So I'm curious the match within the match there. How is Rivera going to approach it? Is it identical? Is it a little differently? I, I think – I think you you have to put yourself in the mind. What does Spencer not want me to do, right? And yeah. do that thing. And I think it's probably to um, <clears throat> dart, not let him get his hands on him, and and attack from space. Yeah, you have to think that Spencer's gonna try to be touching him at all times mm-hmm. and keep it in tight quarters. Um, I think we'd probably try, see the same thing from Rivera. Yeah, and I wonder. Um, if, if, you know, almost like a DeSanto, just like so forward that the guy's not going to get the shots off it for the in the right timing. And then, I mean, Spencer is scoring a lot of counters. You know, his takedown against Russell, I'm pretty sure, was not. He didn't up. touch a leg once against Russell, it was all counter. And that's the other thing. It's, you know, I don't want to say that, but we don't know if the ship is 100% righted with, with Spencer at this point. Not that the ship is like in serious peril but man it's not like he's come out and killed it you know he beat the Rutgers guy immediately but that's um Metzler is not someone that we're it wasn't even Metzler oh it was someone even a step down from okay yeah there you go so man now I'm I'm a little less confident in it but I'm sticking with I'm sticking with Spencer Spencer throughout um yeah yeah, I, I'm going to go with Spencer this time. We could look completely wrong, and Seabass is just that dude, and it's his weight now, and he's the captain now. He's the ca- um, Man. He is an absolute savage, and I love that kid. I do, too. I, I, I like how he carries himself. I think he's he think, I think he's a budding star, too. Yes, I mean, he's absolutely. O- only a sophomore. He's got a sick style. He is sick. Like, someone asked an FRL question, like, someone stylistically that you just, like, love, like, Man, he can do some that. His takedown against Spencer at the end of the second period, like a little abyss snap, and then he just grabbed the back of the leg with one arm, was incredible. It's it to me. It is the best takedown of the year in terms of degree of difficulty, combined with the moment. It's like that's the takedown of the year, and I don't think you can convince me that put it out of reach. So he goes abyss snap, catches the foot, one hand just like grabs it. Then, but to finish it, isn't that when he has to go? Yes, that's when he threw the boot in. So then that's when he ends up in the wizard seatbelt and has to throw the boot in. Like, every aspect of that was so difficult. What's interesting about that, and Bader brought this up because he he did a little highlight of all three of their matches. Uh, He's finished like that on Spencer three times now. So in the duel, when he scored the last two takedowns in the third, both were finished like that. He threw the boot in on the opposite side. And then now in the duel, or in Midlands Finals. And now is he in the seatbelt, or is he in the wizard there? Mm. So I'm trying to remember. Spencer's like a big um, – Spencer's wizard I believe really good. in the Midlands – It was seatbelt. Yes. I think he, I think it's from a seatbelt. 
which you know I, th- I think for Spencer that's a position for him that he's really good from the Wizards so if he's like man I don't know if I can use this position that's that's interesting as well but yeah I to me that's the the best takedown you'll see all year when you can when you weigh all the factors degree of difficulty in the moment and uh, the guy you're doing it against that matters like who you score on that yeah. makes it a lot more it's not easy to take down Spencer Lee no not at all okay <sighs> so I think we covered that match very excited for it another one um, this guy Willie put this in the article Deacon Young plus four Young plus four um, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this. I think Deacon wins. But I think uh, I'll say Caleb Young covers this time. Uh, Deacon has not looked like CKLV Deacon. Agreed. Um, kind of got beat down by Nolf, but yeah, can't take that for yeah. But I agree. Caleb Young has been really good, really solid all season. Gomez. So these guys are going to wrestle again. Dayton fix Austin Gomez live on flow. Uh, and Dayton is a three-point favorite. This is tough because neither guy coming off of a great weekend. Uh, Dayton losing to Philippi mm-hmm. and Gomez losing to Cephalo. I think I think Dayton actually covers here. I see Dayton winning by a little bit more. I, I do too. What was Scuffle? 6-3, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do too. It, Gomez has just never matched up well with Dayton. Yeah, I, and I... You know, he has that home run hitting thing. I just don't think he can hit a home run against Dayton Fix. Yeah. I mean, has – what's Dayton – I mean, how many times has Dayton even been on his back, really, when you think about it? I mean, L- Luke Karam cradled him in, like, 2015 or 16 Super 32. Super 32. But, like, the guy just – I've never seen him, like, thrown. I don't know. I just don't think – it's just a bad matchup. And then we'll have Parker versus Vince. Which is uh, two super highly ranked guys. They have they've had a really interesting series throughout their career. They've all been shootouts. It's two one edge for Parker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And with that, I will say, and this is a pick'em. No, no favorite here. I will say Parker. I'll take Parker to win by decision. I'm gonna go with Vince. Um, missed some time there with injury. It's been kind of so-so since he came back. Only wrestled three matches since December 7th. I'm going to go with Vince. Okay. That's fair. Some other good matches coming up. Um, Bonacorsi versus our friend ZZ Top. Also, all three leg-in finishes were off Wizard. I just went back and watched Who the Who was in the Wizard? Um, Spencer was defending with the Wizard, and then Seabass threw the boot in on the other side. Got it. Yep. Well, there you go. So that's a key position for them, and it's one where you know I think Sebastian is trying to get there. So we'll see how he's able to. You know, I don't know if we need to do these other ones. Um, we could, we could go to our questions from friends. Is there uh, anyone that really sticks out to you that you want to do? Shields Marsteller uh, is happening. Uh, I got chance by a uh, mere decision there. Yeah, that would be like one takedown match. One takedown. What do you think about Cutler Zahid? I think Zahid wins. I think fr- he- Fairly easily, I think five, five or six points okay. for Zahid. Color does a good job of. He's hard to score. On. Yes, slowing people down. Um, yeah, I'll take Zahid. Obviously Zahid, but this match um, could be a mess. Uh, Tristan Moran versus Mitch McKee. <laughs> that's that's a mop alert. I uh, could also see Deegan G. Feller being a complete oh, mess. Oh, absolutely. Deegan Deegan wants it to be a mess. And by mess, we mean. Awesome. Yes, awesome. <laughs> yes, messes are, are great. Anytime you get 
total scrambler. You're like, this is not how you would teach your guys to wrestle, but uh, it's also awesome at the same time. Really fun to watch. Of note, I already started talking about this match. Um, Penn State Michigan is next week, as is Iowa Nebraska. So tons to we'll have a lot to digest after this weekend, and we'll have a lot to talk about heading into next week. So very excited for those duels. And now let's get to questions from friends. Um, this is uh, Cliff Fretwell is correctly predicting that it, this question will be ignored because it's, it's a stupid question. But we love Cliff. He asks, uh, biggest senior night upset, like a non-starter that got a senior night nod and beat a really good kid. Listen, if that's happened, I, I, you're asking me, like, what's the best example of that? I'm looking for one, Cliff. If you can provide, I mean, maybe this has happened in, like, high school duels, but I don't know of, like, a senior, I mean, think of the, the narrow parameters. Senior night, non-starter, beats a really good kid. Well, first, I don't really have a, a senior night um you know, spreadsheet yeah. of results. So I, Cliff, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be a lot of help here. I don't know, but at Narkill, K-N-A-R-K-I-L-L, uh, if you have an example of this, please let Cliff know. Um, and now he can't say you were fully ignored, though we will not answer this question because who knows. Steely Phil, who is funny, but maybe a little outrageous here. Let's hear your surprise finalist for this year. I got Rayvon Foley as mine. Love Rayvon Foley, and. I guess to, for it to be a surprise finalist, like, that would be a surprise. It would definitely be a surprise. I, I'm thinking, like, if we're going 25, it's like Patrick Glory yeah. is someone, like, that I could see. Um, looking at other other weights, you know, 41, 33. 33, I don't think we're going to have a surprise finalist because, I mean, to Micic, Filippi, Fix, DeSanto, Soriano – I just don't see anyone outside of that group making the finals, right? So, I yeah. mean, you, you, I would have to say someone like Austin Gomez or Ethan Lezak or Luke Pletcher. Maybe Tariq Wilson. I'll say him. If he gets healthy and hot or RBY, uh, you, could, you could see those guys. That would be definitely a surprise. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any surprise finalists? Uh, I'm looking through right now. Zach Carson? No. <laughs> All right. No love for the Bobcats. Dang, man. Um, Sorry, Zach. <laughs> I, I'll, I'm putting Zach Carson as a surprise finalist because I'm actually a fan of Ohio oh, Bobcat wow. wrestling. That's um. <laughs> well, then fine. Shakur Laney, Cam Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> See? Zach Parker, uh, Hunter Yergin got screwed against Sammy Colbray. Oh, yeah, he did. That was pretty bad, but also kind of funny. So he's going to – Make amends for that and make the finals. There we go. Those are my surprise finalists. All right. There you go. We got Joel we got. Greenlee gets another year of eligibility, beats Gable. Wow. That would be big in, like, size and magnitude <laughs> of importance. Okay. Any chance we don't see Rivera versus Lee? I don't think so. I think it happens. I think it's happening. Spencer's listed as the starter, the only starter. And, I, I mean, Rivera didn't get to wrestle last week. I see no way. He's Yeah, this is happening Sunday. Get ready. Stand by to get some. Which high caliber 33 is in the most danger of not being an All-American, asks Ben Sestersik. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of them are. I mean, I could see. I could definitely see Pletcher Lezak not placing. I could see DeSanto not placing. Uh, I could see Gomez not placing. I could see Gomez not placing. I could see, I could see Philippi not placing, even though 
there's not – I mean, he certainly has a great chance to, but I won't be shocked if he loses to, you know, if he has like Soriano in a quarter and he drops down and he has like an RBY Tariq Wilson type. I mean, that's there's going to be yeah. a, lot, a lot of losable matches for really good guys because it's an amazing <clears throat> weight. Lefty Strat 5, faithful listener, question asker, and a friend asks, uh, been thinking about legacy lately. Do you think Zane would have been the GOAT had he been able to redshirt right away? Um, I I don't know. It's kind of a really good question. And, I mean, GOAT, you know, t- at that point you're – you're saying, okay, would he have gone undefeated as a as a sophomore? Well, think about that 149 weight class that won. That was the how to shell uh, habit year, right? I think he wins that weight, and it's easy to kind of say that because he kind of became so good that between that season, and maybe if he doesn't have that year, he doesn't become. So it's obviously total speculation, but I think there's a chance he wins. That year doesn't lose a match, and then we saw what he did the next three years. So now, does that put him on Kale's level for undefeated seasons? I don't know about that. I don't know if he would have matched the bonus uh, bonus numbers of Kale. But man, I think I think it's a really interesting question. I I'm not ruling it out. I'm gonna say no way it happens. But then I think back to the last couple of years, he had. He had tight one with Clagan the one time. He had the Colica, like a 2-1 win over him where I don't think he yeah. got a takedown. No, he so, didn't. So, you know, maybe he drops one of those. And then, you know, basically if you lose a match, you're kind of out of the GOAT conversation unless you do something really unique, uh, kind of like Dake did. So, no, I don't think so. I don't know what you think, Kyle. I don't know. It's so hard to, like, get in that GOAT, like, status yeah. category with what Kale did like he just puts the the bar so high there's no margin for error right so I don't I mean how many one point matches did Kale have in his career right like I don't even know yeah. but I bet not many and Ryan Tierney brought up the Sorensen match in Carver yeah that's a great one too yeah, yeah that was a very very close close match um Zane got Carvered, but he was so good. He was Carver tried. He couldn't even <laughs> it get did, Carver. It tried. He couldn't even Carver. The, the gods had spoken, and Zane said, "Not today, Carver gods." That was pretty. Um, Jameson Hoy asked Joe Cologne versus Corey Clark. Who you got? <laughs> I got Cologne by Tech. Kyle, I'm have to agree. I see like four gut wrenches. Four guts. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. Prediction on who makes the 2019 world team at non-Olympic weights. Love non-Olympic weight talk. And who attempts to make those weights instead of Olympic weights. So we should start with 70. I've been saying Nolf. I will continue to say Nolf unseats James Green as the 70-kilogram rep for Team United States of America. And uh, may or may not be true, but that's what I think happens. Um. And who else? who else is even in the mix there? Because Molinero's going down, you know, we assume Chamberlain will still be there. But man, to, I, I just think Green has not been up and to the right. And I think with two years ago, Nolf was pretty close to Green, and now I think he maybe will sur- surpass him. I think the U.S. Open final. Hayden Hindley was in the U.S. Open final. Oh yeah, I forget who he wrestled. Chambo. Chamberlain. Chambo. Yeah, he kind of almost won. So I mean, yeah, I would have to take Nolf yeah. out of that group. 
Yeah, so we have Nolf at 70. Next one is 79. I'm predicting Dakes going down. Does Zahid stay at 79? I think he should. I think Zahid and Mark should go 79. And I think it's one of those two. Um, no ringer? Oh, yeah, ringer. But. Right, we saw Zahid. what happened. I got Zahid at 79, make yeah. a team. I think I think the best thing for Zahid, instead of worried about 2020, is like make a senior team, get those reps. And I think the same is true for Mark Hall. And I'm hoping it would be awesome if it would be those two in freestyle. Cause mm-hmm. We love rivalries, and I think it's a really, really good one. Uh, so that's my 79 prediction. Now, 92 is really interesting because is Jaden going to stay or is he going to go up? I think Jaden's going to stay at 92. I don't really know inside information. I just think he is. But what I want to see is Bo Nickel at 92 as well. I think that's a great weight for him. And I think, like, for, for Zahid and um, uh, Mark, it's like uh, for, for Kyle Dake, it makes a ton of sense for him to go to the Olympic weight right now. But for Bo, I think him just being on the scene and maybe almost making a team or making a team is – really valuable for him I don't think he can go down to 86 and beat David right now so the whole benefit of going to your Olympic weight is well one you get experience wrestling at that weight and making that weight within the the weigh-in rules but really the advantage is okay I go I make the team I get a medal I get to sit out the Olympic trials I just don't think that's realistic for Bo Nickel right now to beat David Taylor who's maybe the best wrestler in the world any weight or he's up there he's probably second behind Sajaliah potentially so when you consider that I think Bo, just go the way you want to go, which I think 92 like fits perfectly for him, and I think his skill set's outstanding. So I'll say Jaden makes the team if he goes there, and if not, if he if Jaden, which I think Jaden should go up to 97 personally and and start trying to um, crack the Snyder code. And if Jaden doesn't, I will take Bo Nickel. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you're not gonna take. Zilmer. Zilmer. Yeah. It was kind of a vacant way. And, it, you know, I think we'll see Machiavello maybe is in the mm-hmm. – will he be in the mix? We won't have the horseman, no Jared Hot. I wish he would, man. He, he said no to freestyle. He yeah. wants to be like a smart guy and stuff. So, <laughs> fine. Um, does Nomad realize that Lizak's head actually didn't hit the mat? Asks Austin with him. I don't think he realized that because he says all the time that he bounces it off the mat. He did bounce his head, but not off the mat. Sometimes I'd like to do that to Nomad. Just <laughs> do what DeSanto did to Lezak. We've all been there. <laughs> We've all been there. And so, yeah, no, that didn't happen. Uh, most exciting matchups between Americans and foreigners at the Uregan 2019. Asks Matthew Klein. I want to see Rashidov Zane more than anything. Mike Mild did a really good breakdown of that. If you haven't seen it, go to the event hub. Underhook. It is in there. The underhook of uh, Rashidov. Problematic. Um, all right. Who is the best 165 of the past 10 years? Asks actual cannibal one, Turd Ferguson. <laughs> I can't. That's what it, his name is. The best 165 of the last 10 years is Kyle Dake. I know we've had some transcendent ones. We had Taylor. But basically... No, he guys beat be- Taylor when Taylor was transcendent. Yeah, so it's it's Dake. It's actually not hard. If you had to, now, if you had to take out Dake, then it's Taylor. I don't I don't actually think it's a hard question. Uh, okay. Both Gaji JB Kolat, both Gaji Magomedov <coughs> and Rashidov were heavy favorites last year, having never won, and both didn't win again. 
which is most likely never going to win Worlds or Olympics? I think it's Gaji Magomedov. Um, I think Rashidov is much more likely to win Worlds or Olympics because um, I think the way he's a more natural 65 than da- than Gaji will be a 74, uh, 74 kilograms. And I think he'll have a harder time making the team considering they have Sidikov there at 74 now as who just beat Chimizo and Burroughs. So I think it's probably Rashidov. Um, I don't know what you think. I agree. Not, not much to add there. No. Um, okay, I love this question. Trey Easter, which current wrestler is the most aesthetically pleasing to watch? Not necessarily the best, but the wrestler whose arsenal is the cleanest, <laughs> slickest. Well, this is, this is my problem. This is the reason I always pick this guy on my fantasy teams and to win all these matches, and I'm only just now learning. But it's Cade Brock. Yeah. Cade Brock for me is like, Although, do you watch his matches this weekend? Two, like, big double overthrows oh, yes. for pins. He got uh, Caleb Ray and LJ Bentley with those in back-to-back nights in the first period. He's and nice. you watch him do that, and you're like... I'm back in. Yeah. Back he in. had this sweet um, little elbow control, like, high crotch against Rutgers, too, where the mm-hmm. kid just fell over him. Yes. That was awesome. No, you're right on with that one. It's Cade. <clears throat> Sebastian's coming along. I like I like S- Sebastian's neutral flow. Yeah, but it's 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 Cade probably forever until I die. I mean, put like Nolf up there too. No, Nolf's a different. It's not like it's different. I don't know. Like when I watch Cade, I'm like, this is like a superior athletic mm-hmm. being that, in terms of like the movement and fluidity. I don't find Nolf to be particularly fluid. Um, he's not fluid. On his feet, he's really fluid in, like, when he's scrambling mm-hmm. and, and entangled, right? That's when he's, like, super fluid. So it's a different sort of thing. But, yeah, Nolf is definitely Nolf is definitely very fun to watch. Um, but does, is he pleasing to the eye? Who will be the next breakout wrestler for USA on the senior level that nobody's talking about to challenge? For? Well, that's pretty tough, actually, Nick Andres. Um, I don't know who that would be that nobody's talking about. No one's talking about this person. So I'm not pro- talking about him. So I don't even know, Nick. I don't know if you have any off-the-wall uh, potential ones there, Kyle. Uh, I don't have any. No. I think everybody that um, like you can't say could be. Yeah, you can't say Spencer Dayton. You can't say Bo Nickel. You can't, can't say, say Nolf. Like, Nolf. Everybody talks about those guys all the time. Yeah, I don't know, Nick. Maybe next time you put yours. I, I don't know. You know what? Back to Zach Carson. Nobody's <laughs> talking about Zach Carson making a world team except for me. And if it happens, remember this episode, number 347. <laughs> The one where my genius status was confirmed. Okay, that's a wrap. We're good to go. Control room. Play that beautiful music. What a show. Thanks so much to Kyle Brackey. Thanks so much to you. We've got Euregan several more days. Yes. Um, And it's basically the opposite of your time. So, like, when you're going to bed is when you should actually be getting up. So 12 hours ahead of Eastern time. So that's the kind of yeah, so it's easy to remember. Yeah. It's tough to live. Yeah, right? it's very tough to live. Um, and then also starting today, um, Schultz, mm. later this morning. We didn't even talk Molinaire. All right, real quick, Molinaire or J.O.? Who? J.O. I'll take that dude. That yeah. dude. That yeah. dude. J.O. Um, because he looked really good against Bader. <laughs> and uh, I think I think That, means that little... Something. A little warm um, snap was dope. If he hits that on Montanero, he yeah. has a 65. Although I have no idea how these guys are going to make 65 two days in a row. That's going to be tough. But it's 70 for this one. It is. But problematic down the line. 
So we got a lot. Rivera Lee, not Spencer versus Lee, as I tweeted. That makes no sense. <laughs> they are the same person. But I don't know who would win that one either. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much to the potential sponsors we one day may have. Uh, who do we want to shout out today? I want to shout out, um, you know what? I'm going to call Raising Canes. Not because I want Raising Canes, but because I'm trying to create a little competition. I want Popeyes to be covetous. I shouldn't have revealed my, that as my plan um, so much here. So maybe next time I'll be a little more covert. That's who I'll shout out. Okay. Um, I'm going to shout out uh, Starbucks. I got a Starbucks gift card, so I used it today. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. I would so, love Starbucks. I drink it daily. You, you, like every event we go to, you find uh, one to go to, even if it's 20 minutes out of the way. It doesn't matter. I need, got to have the bucks. So, okay. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next Tuesday. Come heck or high water. Thanks.